1: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or
2: sleepnumber.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.
0: Apollo! It's our seventh birthday! And I'm a feminist but today I will admit I had a special glittery manicure for tonight and I said I want a little bit of silver glitter and the manicurist said to me okay well I've got two shades you have to choose between them. One is called Powerhouse And the other is called, Objectify Me. (laughs) And I think you know which one I chose. Because I thought I'm gonna be doing a lot of heavy lifting tonight for this show. This audience has to bring something. Oh, I'm not coming out here being all powerhouse. Unless you. OBJECTIFY ME! That's right, my friends. I do... I'm a feminist, but I do enjoy being objectified just for like an hour a month.
3: (laughs) Is that too much to ask? Uh, um, I'm a feminist, but...
4: Um,
3: Recently, I was here at the Apollo, actually. Not up here. I was in that bit. It's a good bit. Um, and I was here supporting a friend and afterwards we were grabbing some drinks with a crew um, and there was this man and it was like there were like vibes and my friend just goes to me why do I want to fuck that man? and I go probably the same reason that I want to fuck that man <laughs> and in that moment we just looked into each other's eyes and we shook on it and we said may the best woman win <laughs> We made a wager on that man's life and body that night. And I don't know, that to me just feels like a quality. <laughs> like, suffragettes, wherever you are, I hope that you're proud, because
4: we did it.
0: I don't want to leave it on a cliffhanger, so is it rude to ask who,
3: who was the best woman? Um, on that evening, t'was me. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much.
5: I'm a feminist, but. (laughs) Despite not being able to walk for the past few months after a knee surgery or dance or even take a shower without a chair, the high point of my recovery was being able to do it doggy style this week. (laughs)
0: It's the most feminist style, well known.
6: I'm a feminist, but
4: Woo!
0: I'm in a WhatsApp group uh,
1: with five women where we genuinely share photo images of our crushes as if we were 15 years old. <laughs> it's called "Fuck Slice." <laughs> and one of the women. Made us friendship
0: bracelets. It's called, sorry, it's called Fox Slice. Fox Slice began as, as a typo, um, and
6: I said, oh, actually, that's a funny typo. Fox Slice sounds like something we'd call our crushes, and then we started sharing our crushes.
0: Can I ask what it was a typo of? <laughs> I'm afraid I can't remember now. Can't remember or can't reveal? <laughs> All I know is I want in on that WhatsApp group.
1: (laughs) I'm a feminist, but...
4: Um,
1: About two days ago, I painted my kitchen pink, even though my husband and stepson said it would be gross. And it was gross. (laughs) It looked like an explosion of Pepto-Bismol crossed with Barbie's vagina, I imagine. (laughs) Um, And so uh, when my husband and my stepson were out, I painted the kitchen white again, and now I'm gaslighting them and pretending it never happened. (laughs) But what I have also taken from this, my lesson is I am never going to decorate again without asking a man's opinion first. It just gets worse and worse, <laughs> Jess Robinson. It just gets worse and worse. I'm working for Farrow and Ball now. The Barbie's vagina is coming out in 2023.
6: <laughs> <laughs> it's a hit single. I'm a feminist, but... <clears throat> it's very lovely to be here for the seventh birthday, of The Guilty Feminist, and uh, I, of course... Put on my best threads for the occasion. And I was trying to work out what is it that is so incredible about this show. Is it the incredible feminist empowerment that I feel? And I I concluded that it's not. It's just that I know that no one else will be in an MNSH 12 waistcoat. (laughs) (laughs) You are looking fine in
0: black. Well, thank you very much.
6: Yeah, get me in the Fuck Slice WhatsApp group.
0: I want, I don't want to be in the group, I want to be featured on the group. (laughs) A peachy Francis White double. That's what I want, sliding into those DMs.
7: I am a feminist but I am a professional poet, and I deal in words, and yet my professional photo... my professional career is (laughs) Facetuned.
0: I'm Facetuned right now. Are we ready to start the show? (laughs) Welcome, welcome, welcome! of tonight that's right we've got a phenomenal bill for you Um, so delighted to see so many of you for financial reasons and but also because of transport so many people have been tweeting oh I couldn't get here and oh I got on the train and then they said no we're only joking and, and we're walking we're walking back to Norwich in a convoy. I mean, I've heard terrible stories on Twitter. People saying, do you want to buy my tickets? Do you want to have my tickets? How many people are here on somebody else's free tickets because they had the temerity to live in Glasgow? Yes? Are you here on someone else's freebie and you're in a row because you were the only one that took up the five tickets? They bought five and only one was used. Listen, I do not blame the rail staff for wanting a living wage. (laughs) I'm uh, sorry, I can't. I can't, I can't. We did the whole of the Edinburgh Festival. There was rubbish on the streets everywhere. It was like an Elizabethan Edinburgh Festival. And it's because the rubbish people were like, they're not called rubbish people, they're what they're called, refuse waste management technicians. I don't know, definitely not called rubbish people. I don't mean they're rubbish people, just to be very clear. This has gone horribly wrong. I'm trying to, up for the worker. She's trying to, she's like, they're all rubbish. No, I don't mean that. Genuinely do mean what the actual fuck? <laughs> when I was, uh, I was thinking today about, you know, these... Because one of the other colours... I, was on, I, I diff- get different ones on my fingers and toes. I don't mean to go on about my nail polish. I know it's not interesting in any way for anybody else. But one of the colours that I sometimes like having on my toes is not just a waitress, or I'm, I'm not just a waitress. And I'm always like, what does that mean? Like, I'm not just a waitress. Really awful, but it's a beautiful red. <laughs> And so I was thinking about that today because I was doing an I'm a, a, a Famous but about it. So I, and I went down a wormhole online and found this article from 2013. Do you remember in 2013 when feminism was invented? <laughs> it was more when the movement started moving again, wasn't it? Um, it was 2012, 2013, you know, that, that sort of the rumblings, the rumblings. Um, this show started in 2015, end of 2015, December 2015. So we're just on the cusp of our birthday. Um, but our birthday's December 8th and the Hammersmith Apollo was not free. So I always like an early birthday party because I can dwell on it before I actually age. And it's true, it's true. I don't mind my birthday as long as life's moving. Do you know what I mean? I get depressed on my birthday if if things are as they were last year, although the last few years I've thought it would be nice if more things were the way they were last year, to be honest with you. Um, But I started, anyway, I, I ended up in this wormhole... Uh, about nail polish. And in 2013, there was this feminist article. You know, when feminism was getting going in the mainstream again, obviously there's been many hardworking feminists battling away for generations. But when feminism came into the mainstream and people started to talk about it in pubs, um, there was this article that said, are nail polish colours unfeminist? Um, And uh, and one of the quotes was somebody saying... um, I don't want my daughter using a nail polish with tramp in the title. She's only six. (laughs) And I thought, isn't that adorable, what we were talking about in 2013? That's what feminism was then, you know, it was sort of like the mainstream feminism. We started talking about stuff like that. It got us going. But, you know, like now, we are literally looking at a situation where the Prime Minister of Italy is wearing a nail polish called I Love Mussolini. (laughs) Do you see my problem? (laughs) I'd like to be back in 2013 where we're saying, no, no more nail polishes in uh, atrocious, yeah, feminism. (laughs) The fascists are rising a bit. Um, So I thought to kick us off, I would do uh, seven things... I've learned in seven years. So I've had time to think about So I sat, I sat there thinking, what have I learned in seven years? Um, have you learned much in seven years? Oh, some people are saying no. Well, you haven't been listening to the podcast. Just give us a cheer if you think you've learned in the last seven years. Give us a cheer if you feel like you haven't learned enough in the seven, last seven years. Okay, all right. Well, don't worry, I've got you because I've written down what I've learned in the last seven years. Are you ready? Okay. All right. I've written down my phone, I'm not texting. <laughs> so I started The Guilty Firm at the end of 2015, and uh, it's been an extraordinary extraordinary seven years for me, and I, I have learned some things. So uh, number one, get to the venue early. That's, that's more for me than for you. Uh, that's more about timekeeping. I also learned I've got ADHD recently, and that's why... It says cheering, cheering from the ADHD crew. Hey! It's a bit, it's a bit haphazard, isn't it, the cheering? It's, oh, it's all over the place. Um, the medication only lasts for eight hours. That's the thing. If you take it at nine, it's well worn off by this time of night. It's true, that's true. They can only medicate you for eight hours at a time, and then it's just like, good luck in the evenings. Um, LAUGHTER it's
4: true.
0: Number two, you don't have to be perfect to be a force for meaningful change. And admitting you're not perfect will encourage other imperfect people to think, well, I'll have a go at that then. In other words, one of the most encouraging things you can be is an inadequate role model. That's relaxing, isn't it? That's how I see myself an inadequate role model. And it's really worked because loads of people have gone, Well, I can do it as well as you.
4: Um,
0: Number three, when you go to a protest or a march, have an escape route. Because you might not finish the protest or march because they're really long take ages and they can make you feel agoraphobic but you'll usually feel better if you go even if you leave at half time like yoga class <laughs> number four as the world gets more them and us we need more of us than them it's harder to build bridges than to burn them but to quote Samantha from Sex in the City honey they don't call it a job for nothing Five. Life can only be lived in moments. I don't know if we will win the battle or the war, but I know we can win the moment by making someone feel seen, heard, valued, warm, or fed. We can do that every day, locally and globally, for someone. Because a moment only takes a moment. That's a philosophical one, isn't (laughs) it? That's very philosophical. If I die, and then they quote anything, I reckon it'll be that one. Be, they won't say, get to the venue one time. They'll, 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 they'll be like, that was really just for her. Number six, the sixth thing I've learnt: The fascists are on the rise, but so are we. And hope is greater than hate. Seven, when I was a child, I had a nursery rhyme book, and in it, it had a nursery rhyme that said, what a little girls made of? What a little girls made of? Sugar and spice and all things nice. That's what little girls are made of. And what I have learned in the last seven years is that that is not what little girls are made of. <laughs> because if that's what little girls were made of, That's what women would be made of. And if I know anything about being a woman or a person of a minority gender in this world, we would not last and survive in the numbers that we do to fight back if we were made of sugar and spice and all things nice. We are made of backbone and grit and we don't take your shit. and steal, and we'll make you repeal. We are made of fuck you and shade and Roe versus Wade.
4: We're made of lungs,
0: heart, and voice, and what we cover's our choice. We're made of joy, fun, and power. And this is our hour. That's what little girls are made of. So before I bring on our first act, I want to know what you're made of. I want to know, since I saw you last, have you done anything feminist? Now, you may have been hearing me ask this question of audiences all over the UK, Australia and New Zealand. What have you done? And you may have heard me saying, let's, let's not start with someone who's really good at feminism. <laughs> or at least with someone who's going to share what they've done that's really good. Because it discourages others. So has anyone got an act of feminism that would intimidate nobody? Something low, yes. I bought my best friend a ticket for
6: this show so she can stop caring about other people's
0: emotions and fly here to London with me and enjoy Oh wow! So just I'll repeat that because some people up there might not have heard, and also the people at home won't hear. You bought your friend a ticket to this show and you flew here. Where from? From Vienna and Germany. So did you, did you buy her flight here? Yeah. No. That's good, because I don't think that's a, that's a minimal act of feminism. At this point, it's really, she really hasn't understood the assignment at all, has she? I organised an international trip so she could see feminism, feel part of the army, and stop caring what other people think so she could fully own herself in her bones. She can understand what feminism is. I bought her a ticket right up the front. I wanted to make my sister feel like a sister. Yeah, that's far too good. Thank God you didn't pay for the flight. I mean, I suppose it is slightly neutralised by the fact that you flew. Which is, let's be honest, not great for the environment. So we can give you that. Um, But it's still quite a good act of feminism, isn't it? That's still quite a... We need something more minimal, something more minimal. When we were at the RSC in Stratford, someone put up their hand and said, I co-founded. I went, no. (laughs) Most people will co-found nothing in their whole life. Nothing. Yes, what have you got? Uh, I made my husband pay for my waxes. I made my husband pay for my waxes. It's a double. It's a double. It's a double. Listen, I love the feeling of a bikini wax. It makes me feel
3: alive. It <laughs>
0: just, just gives me an, that, that patriarchy-fighting edge. It's like, oh, yeah!
3: <laughs>
0: I want punch! No, don't punch people, no. Uh, but It does give me that, that feeling. It's a bit like wild swimming, having a wax, isn't it? But, yeah, but you end up smooth at the end. It's lovely, lovely. Sometimes it's a bit too much. You feel a bit like a Barbie, and everything, all liquid, just runs straight down. Do you notice that? <laughs> The hair is there for a reason. All liquid runs straight down. That's the only thing about the bikini wax. I do enjoy it, but it's like... Depends how, hard, how, how uh, hard and fast you go. I used to just get a tidy up. I did used to just get a tidy up. And I remember once going into an Australian lady when I was on tour over there. And she said, um, I said, just tidy, just so you don't see anything out of the pants line. She went, "Are oh, yeah, you don't want koala ears. <laughs> Anyone got another mini act of feminism that will intimidate nobody? Yes. I'm a vet, and I make macho vets listen to this podcast in the car. You just put it on, so when you're driving around vetting, do just, I didn't really realise vets drove. Like, I didn't think it was like James Herriot anymore. Was it wasn't like all creatures great and small? Are you you're a farm vet? Are you a farm vet? You're a farm vet, and you what? You make macho male farm vets listen to the Guilty Feminists while they're trapped in your car. Love that. I need, to, I need to know more. I need to know more. What, where do you do this vetting? Near Birmingham. So, you're near Birmingham, what, you're a rural vet. Horses and alpacas. <laughs> what, like like the llamas? You're a llama vet. I do find it fascinating. Sometimes the people that are around our audience, the guilty first audience, and it's not. Look, I'll just be honest with you, Ricky Gervais does not have this audience. <laughs> I sometimes think we could just lock the doors and solve twenty-five percent of the world's problems. <laughs> but, I mean, alarm vet, wow. And you're indoctrinating Alarm of indoctrinating <laughs> other unfeminist vets to the way have you won anyone over?
4: <gasps> yes. Oh
0: what's your name? Catty. Hattie, Hattie. Um, Sorry, I imposed an animal's name on you there and that wasn't right. Um, (laughs) Hattie, Hattie, Hattie said, she's had student vets say to her, I've kept listening to the Guilty Feminist. Wow. I feel like I'm gonna send you a t-shirt so you can wear it on the rounds. Okay, so Hattie, get in touch. Um, uh, What's our email address? guiltyfeminist.gmail.com, is that it? Something like that. Write and say, Deborah promised me a t-shirt. I want to make one specially for you that's an I'm a feminist but about vetting. Are there any I'm a feminist buts about vets? Do you ever have them? I'll, let you give, I'll give you time to think of one. I just thought you might, you know, you might start them off with your own in the car. I didn't, I didn't know how it went down. <laughs> Has anyone got an act of feminism that they would like to share with us? Uh, yes? <gasps> Wearing a cape! Yeah. I, I saw you on Twitter in that cape. Yeah, absolutely. Is it modelled on this cape? This is a despicable daisy cape and it says guilty feminist on the back. Because um, I feel, I'm not saying a cape is going to help you feel more like a superhero who can fight the patriarchy. I'm saying I feel I'm more likely, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm going to change the world and win. I'm just saying if I am going to do it, it's going to be in this cape. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So your cape, is your cape your act of feminism? No, there's another one. just about hear you I think what's happened is you've started a competitive podcast with this one (laughs) and now we're going to see what my feminism's like whether I'm going to be a sister and share the name of that podcast which I believe I heard but I know none of you did or whether I'm going to let them stay on two and a half thousand listens which is by the way excellent for a new podcast did you say two and a half thousand listens it's excellent for a new podcast there are men who listen as well. Yeah, no, we have men as well. Yeah, no. <laughs>
4: we have
0: men. We have men. We have men. We have men. I mean, I mean, not, not in, not in, more, more in quality than quantity, I believe. Uh, give us a cheer if you are a cisgendered man. That was a, that was a confident cheer, wasn't it? Give us a cheer if you're a cisgendered man who is also straight. It was an even more confident cheer. Um... <laughs> Do you, do, you, do you listen to the podcast, sir? When she puts it on. Now, here's the thing. I, didn't, I, I can't see any men in this audience. I can't really see the audience past the first couple of rows as a big venue. But I knew for a fact, if I pointed in a direction and said, sir, <laughs> at least one man would go, she's got to be talking to me. She's got to be talking to me and I've got a winning answer throw that on my shoulder down on the ground. If I pointed over here and said one uh, of the women that cheered, would you like to tell me more about yourself? Silence for a good ten minutes. Um, but that's, listen, I'm not wanting to take your confidence away, sir. I want more of it for myself. Um, I just want to distribute it. I want to be like a feminist vampire because I think you've got lots of it and I could just suck some out of your neck in the night. You wouldn't miss it. Just distribute it. If you I mean, I won't do that without your consent. Um, (laughs) Oh, I'm getting the flashes. All right, so just quickly tell me the name of that podcast. The Unfair Sex. The Unfairer Sex. Give it a listen, it sounds incredible. (laughs) She's got a sparkly cape, she's got a podcast called The Unfairer Sex. I'm loving you so much, thank you so much. Are we ready for our first act? (laughs) Okay, Um, could you give me a cheer? If you have seen Six the Musical,
4: yeah.
0: written by the friends of the podcast, Lucy Moss and Toby Marlowe, just won a Tony, never mind if they do. They wrote that while they were students, took it up at the Edinburgh Festival, but they were really ahead of the curve in conscious casting and also decentering Henry VIII from his own story, so much so as to say he doesn't appear in it. It's the six wives who get to tell their own stories and say, hey, we're the famous ones. Uh, just give us a cheer if you have not yet heard Six the Musical. Um, if you haven't seen it, you're about, you're in for a treat. Firstly, book tickets immediately. But tonight, here, to open the show proper in an, in, in an incredible way, an extraordinary performance from Sixth the Musical. Put your hands together and make incredible woohooing noises for Claudia Karaoke!
4: Hi, everyone. You
3: all look amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoy my performance tonight. Um, Thank you to everyone here at the event of Apollo as well for welcoming me so warmly, so I'm going to be singing Heart of Stone um, from the show Um, I play Jane Seymour um, and this is, yeah, this is me (laughs) Thank you to see.
0: we'll be buying tickets now it's it's just incredible
6: It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
0: Are you ready for some startup up comedy? (laughs) She's one of our favorite comics. Uh, We haven't had her on for a while, partly just because she's too famous and she's always off doing some incredible tele gig, but we just absolutely love it when she comes home. Also, she's recovering uh, from an operation, so we haven't been able to have her for a while because she's been in recovery. So we're very, very, very lucky lucky she's come out tonight. Put your hands together and make incredible woohooing noises.
5: Thank you, Deborah, for milking that fucking sympathy applause for me. Thank you so much. Let's be honest. I'm just using this for seats on the fucking tube and to get more diversity spots on UK panel shows. I'm going to take all your shit. Um, (laughs) Although, I mean, to be fair, like, the surgery was two months ago, so, like, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. I'm I'm just going to, like, throw the crutches off like they used to do in church. Um, and then fall down and take a nap. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to do my job. <laughs> no, uh, to be perfectly honest, the reason that I brought them out is because I'm still walking with a limp and like, I kind of just look like Fred Sanford whenever I go around and I didn't want to enter. Like, Elizabeth! Like, just coming out, like, because it's like, I also didn't want to make my opener. I'm a feminist, but I didn't want to look like Red Fox on the show, which only old people will understand. Thank you, old people. I see you. I feel you. I need you. Please help me. Um, so, <laughs> um, just so I can get that out of the way, um, what happened was I tore my meniscus. Um, give us a shout if you know what a meniscus is. Damn, those are people with some fucking knee problems right there. <laughs> literally nobody else, everyone's like, what's a manamana, manamana, and then I have to explain, like, look, we all understand how knees have, like, 48 billion little pieces of soft tissue in them, which all come with, like, a two-year warranty. Right? Like, the, knees were not made, they were made for us to die at 45, all right? I should be a respected elder of this community and about to fucking take off and not figuring out how many surgeries I'm gonna need to hopefully get me to 90. Do you know what I mean? But thanks to fucking indoor plumbing and penicillin, thanks a lot. I gotta fucking come up with two life plans, so. Um, I <laughs> I, um, I, I although I, I do want to, like, give credit where credit is due, um, my, uh, boyfriend is in the audience tonight, and he completely took care of me, like, totally, like, stopped everything, took care of me, was like, I'm going to look out for you, I'm going to cook for you, I'm going to clean for you, and I was like, does this Malacca know that I used to be a dominatrix? I will use the shit out of you, do you... <laughs> He has not read my Wikipedia bio because I am going to milk this. No, but he, he was amazing. Like he stopped his life, moved into my place and like helped me bathe, fed me, like did all the things. Which is the optimistic way of looking at that, right? The pessimistic way is that he found me when I was at my most vulnerable and then invaded my home in Peckham and took over making me entirely dependent on him. (laughs) no i shit you not there's one day we were sitting there like having dinner and like we'd had dinner we'd had dessert we're watching tv and about 30 minutes later i'm like i think i want some crisps and he was like no you don't need any crisps and i was like the fuck like it wasn't even like a body shaming thing he was just like i'm an adult you're acting like a five-year-old it's midnight you don't need crisps you know what I mean? But I lost it. I was like, this is literally the plot to the film Misery! <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure James Conn didn't just want some crisps, and Kathy Bakes was like, fuck you, here's a crowbar. But, like, I went super dramatic. It was a hot summer. I, I don't know what to tell you fucking guys. Um, so uh, he's actually, he is, um, he's not from here either. Uh, he's a Cypriot. Do we have any Cypriots in tonight? Oh, we're, oh nice, you brought your cousin. That's so great. Um... <laughs> So many cousins. I guarantee, 10 people wooed, two surnames, max. Um, No, no, no. Notice I didn't ask Turkish or Greek, all right? Because I'm not going to divide you. I'm not British, all right? Um, But... All right, too soon? Uh, Yeah, kind of. All right. Um, No, but he is is actually Greek Cypriot. Um, And the thing is like everybody in the UK understands, like you guys know the history and you love Cyprus. Who doesn't love Cyprus? It's a beautiful place to go on vacation with your money. It's gorgeous. You know, beaches, shell companies, it's magic there, right? (laughs) Um, but in America like Americans don't like when I was growing up in America I didn't know that I, I knew Othello that's all I knew about Cyprus so like I didn't know where it was thank you for understanding that reference I was like so there's black people there like I don't get it Shakespeare's there what's happening so like you know I didn't know that like the history of it you know that it had been divided this that or the other you know so like when I talk to people back home you know like my boyfriend you know like he's, like he's called Stelios and they're like oh how's your Greek boyfriend Stavros doing like they just completely completely missed the plot. So like I have to explain like no, he's not Greek, he's Greek Cypriot. And they're like, what the fuck is it? I'm like, okay, just imagine a Greek with a little bit of like going on. Just, just a soupson of suspicious package. Just like like if TSA doesn't pull him out of the line when he comes to visit my family, I'm gonna be like, what the fuck, you guys, borders? Okay? Look at him. Alright? I mean? He, like, he's got an Osama Bin Laden beard. Like, he's full blown, you know what I mean? And, like, what I love about him is that, I mean, so many things, but, um, like, he's a super beardy guy, and because I'm a black woman who has dated predominantly white men in her life, like, I'm not exaggerating, like, I fucked nine guys named Dave. Like, my... <laughs> like, my credentials are sound. Sorry. You know? I went to the fucking Cambridge of white dudes, which is Cambridge, but, um... <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah. Uh,
5: But like, I know what I'm talking about. He's the first white guy I've ever been with who has the same hair texture as me. And I cannot tell you what that means. I walked into his house, he already had all the fucking products. I was like, how this motherfucker got argan oil and shea butter and cocoa butter. Do you know what I mean? Like he was ready for me. And that's the thing, like he's a super hairy, hairy mother, no hair here but from the nose to the soles of the feet, entirely hair, entirely hair. Like, like so much, hair. like he's so hairy. Like, I'm afraid to take him to the zoo. Like that kind of, you can't walk past a gorilla cage with a man that hair. A gorilla's gonna be like, like, what, we're the same. I'm in prison and he's walking around with a vape pen. What the fuck is this? Like. A gorilla would freak out around this man, right? But on the flip side, he's the kind of hairy that as a woman, you see him, you look, take one look at him and you're like, I am never shaving my pussy again, I swear to God. I am done, like, how is he gonna know? How is he gonna know?
4: You know what I mean,
5: like, everywhere, like a huge beard, he has the kind of beard. And I didn't realize this was a thing until I dated a beardy guy. Are there beardy guys out there? Give us a shout if you got a beard. Men, it's okay, we won't hunt you down, I promise. It's just, it's just, there's gotta be a bearded guy in here, and a bearded guy in here will attest to this fact, that men have beard envy. Like, a deep beard envy. I didn't realize, it's like, it's like, you know how we freak out when we see a woman wearing a dress and it has pockets? And we're like, oh my God, where'd you get it? How can I have one? How would you, you know, like, other guys who have, like, small beards, like, like, goatee beards, will, like, come up to him. Like, they just, I don't know, they just start to, they're like, my lord, my lord, my leash how may I serve you? Like they just, it's this weird masculine hierarchy thing I didn't know fucking existed because we started dating during the pandemic. So a lot of our dates were like outside in the park, socially distanced dates. And I was out in the park with him. I watched a man walk across the park and walk right up to him and just went up to him. He's like, bro, your, your beard, bro, like, what, are, are, like, what do you, are you, does your beard lift? Like, what, is, are you taking supplements, man? Like, how'd you do it? Like, he was freaking out. And my boyfriend was so proud of himself. He's like, you know, he's like, yeah, it's just, you know, I'm Greek Cypriot. it's just jeans, it's just jeans, you know? And I was like, yeah, you like that? You should see his fucking back, mate. <laughs> fucking majestic silver They're like, I mean, he's the kind of hairy, okay. I've never been inclined or ever wanted to make a sex tape in my life. But he's the kind of Harry where, when we have sex, I feel like David Attenborough should be narrating <laughs> it. Like, just whispering in the corner, and like, have, like another Cypriot should have to break it, and they should have to fight, you know, before <laughs> we continue on. Oh my God. And also, I didn't realize um, that he, it, it took a little while until I was dating to realize that he was one of these Greek guys who, or, well, Greek Cypriot, but you know, who only dates black women. Which is a thing. I found it like other black women I know who They're like, oh yeah, he's Greek, he's Greek, he's Greek. Right? And like, he, I, he only dates black women, but he didn't like say that up front because it would have been creepy as shit, you know? But he kind of like, it was just kind of started to come out in the stories he was telling about his ex-girlfriends. He's like, oh yeah, when I was dating Brenda, Asia, Khadija. I was like, oh like just say so. Like it's you know, and it worked out because like you know, I have a type too. You know, which like honestly is bald dudes. I do love a bald guy. I love bald men and like younger women. If you if you deign to actually date men, you know, okay. First of all, um, give bald guys a try. Like they're fucking in it to win it. Like they're like I, okay. For me, I need a man who has survived some kind of ego death
4: in his life.
5: <laughs> this. This is really important, it is, yes. Grown-ups know what the fuck I'm talking about. He had dreams, he wanted to grow a ponytail and be a rebel one day and not look like Danny DeVito. That's not happening for him. He wanted to go outside in the winter and not wear factor 50, not happening for him. Do you know, I mean, and like a lot of guys who are bald start going bald when they're like 15. How fucking hard is that? You're looking in your pants, waiting for hair to grow in here, and every time one grows in, five fall out here into the shower, and you're just trying to race. To, like, it's just so intense for him, you know? And like, I, but I, I appreciate that. I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a fat person. I know what it's like to have people just like go like, ah, shut the fuck up. Like, the minute you speak up and have an opinion, if you're big, someone's like, about to say some shit about it. And the same thing's true if you're bald. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you talk out of turn being a bald guy, and it's like, shut the fuck up, Phil Collins. Do you know what I mean? Just like out of nowhere, or like, I don't know, maybe that's an old reference, if you're a millennial, it's like, shut the fuck up, Baltimore, or, you know, your generation Zay, it's like, shut the fuck up, Squidward, but it's perennial, like it continues, you know, and it sucks, it's fucking cruel, you know? Um, and he's been super supportive of everything, but like, here's, can I um, give a shout out? Are there any sort of uh, like, bisexual, pansexual people in here? Give us a shout, thank you, okay. Um, Because, like, I know, like, I I am bisexual. I wind up on, like, all the LGBTQ fucking Apollos, and everyone's like, all you talk about is dick. And I'm like, yeah, because the women I dated, no fucking problems. Like, you know what I mean? There's very, like, if I stopped fucking men, I'd run out of fucking material. All the women I dated... What, like, we just, like, make fucking Mexican food, have amazing sex with a warmed strap on. You know, she'd already have her prepared and fucking cuddle. And I was like, I have no jokes. I have no jokes. This is all great. You know what I mean? So, so the thing is, like, we've been dating now for two years. And before I started dating him, I was bisexual. And what I've realized after two and a half years of dating is that I'm still bisexual. Um, And, you know, I bisexual people if you if you are monogamous do you not miss the other thing yes you, you yeah, yeah you're like no i never miss the other thing the other things she said that next to her girlfriend she was like yes bitch no i have no i what i don't miss anything miss it's Ms. what are you talking about like she just no, but you do, you, met, like, you just, you, you know? So I'm with him, I'm like, this is amazing, but it's like, I miss being with women. And because, you know, he's a heterosexual man, I'm like, how do you do the thing where you go, hey, you know what would be so hot? Is if we, like, had a threesome, but, like, with a girl only I picked. And then, like, at the beginning of the threesome, you went out into the kitchen and got some sandwiches. <laughs> And warmed up the dildos. <laughs> Maybe went outside, grabbed some smokes, hang out for 45 minutes, and then come back later. Is that a thing you can pull off, or does he just... They just know. They just know. All right. Um, you guys are about to have an incredible night. Thank you so much for spending 10 minutes of it with me. My name's Desiree Bursch, and I'll see you guys in a bit. <laughs> Desiree Bush, everybody!
0: Desiree Butch. Absolutely amazing. Thank you so much, Desiree. We love you. We really love you. Um, Just give us a cheer if you listen to the podcast at home. Give us a cheer if you don't know what you're at. Okay, notice how those cheers are less empowered. Less feminist, if you will. Um, This is The Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and our hypocrisies and insecurities, which—that's the closest I'm ever going to get to Hey Jude, isn't it? <laughs> and I'm happy about it. Um, now, before our final act of this half, when you're going to get to go have a drink um, and mix and mingle and meet other feminists in the interval, it's going to be very exciting. What's your name, sir? The one that said uh, you only listen to the podcast when she puts it on. What's your name? Liam. Liam. Of course it is. Um, <laughs> you sound like a Gallagher, I'll be honest. When she puts it on, easily could have been an Oasis song from the 90s, couldn't it? <laughs> At least a lyric from one. Uh, Liam, would you call yourself a feminist? You would? applaud just because he said it we all call ourselves feminists no one's applauding for us the bar is too low for men he said he's a feminist no we don't know yet Liam how would we know you're a feminist if you didn't tell us good question isn't it what feminist things do you do your what sorry what does he say I wore makeup to work Okay. <laughs> I feel like it's prurient to ask about the context now. <laughs> Did you you walk in a Harry Stylesy sort of way? You got a, invited to a woman's launch. i Oh, sorry. As a guest. You thought you'd embrace your femininity and wait. Is that the only time you wear makeup? You've worn makeup. Oh, I see, because otherwise it's just a piss take. Um, just like I thought it would be hilarious if I turned up to the women's lunch, like I can do liquid eyeliner. Really do bad blush. If you are wearing it in other contexts and this is the first time you've worn it at work, in this, then well done, Liam, and I've misjudged you, you're not Liam Gallagher at all. You, you were right to cheer the first time! So our penultimate act of this act uh, is a poet who I saw at another event, and I was like, oh my God, you are so up our street and down our alley and inside our cul-de-sac. <laughs> um, you have to come and do The Guilty Feminist. Um, I will tell you no more about her except to applaud loudly, cheer loudly, make all of your patriarchy-smashing woohooing noises for the incredible Ankita Saxena. <laughs>
7: It is so good to be here. Who's here with their friends tonight? Make some noise. Amazing. So I'm going to start off with some poems about friendship, because friendship means a lot to me as a woman living in this world. And it's after the wonderful Taylor Swift, a line from one of her songs, if you know, you know. It's late and our mamas don't know. Oh, friends, with the musical tastes of young teenagers... Clean, friends, and friends as battered as KFC counters, I will always love you louder than the streets' glaring darkness. Oh, friends who paint the world and themselves in sunny yellow, and friends who paint it fierce like the tide at night, I will love you even when your moods ringlet like pine cones, even when your eyes turn into or onto toilet bowls and your face becomes a flurry of rain. Oh, friends from Chicago, and friends from Cairo, and friends from Leeds, I've written poems in my dreams with the words you have taught me. I've worn your scent like a life jacket across years of migrations. I will hold you to reach for a home that is too far to retreat to. Oh, friends who have dared, and friends who are too scared, to look over the edge because life or height makes them so sick. Friends who call and friends who don't. I will never be afraid of double messaging you because I have sat in silence next to you too many times to feel awkward. I want to march with you. There is no one more capable of squashing spiders or the patriarchy. Oh, friends on pills and friends with broken bones and friends I should have spoken to more, I wish your trauma away. I never want anyone to look at you in a way that is not for respect or adoration. Oh, happy babies. Oh, ignorant angels. Oh, fierce soldiers in violet saris and gold nose rings, I want to frame your faces in vogue and buy you Chanel and clothe all your decisions in choice. I want to dance with you even when it's late and our mamas don't know. This poem is for a very special friend, my oldest friend, who I've known for 20 years, and she is in the audience tonight. Hi, Zana. I am Indian, and she is Pakistani, and it saddens me that to this day, even in the UK, the trauma of the partition lives on. And this poem is one of the title poems of my debut poetry collection called Motherline, which is launching in April 2023. Motherline. Because they scored a bloodline up our mother's spine, and because you terracotta cup your hands when you pray, and because my father turned yours out before he left her, and because you call your auntie khala, not Morsi, and because your brother blames me, and because we were never in the same relay race in sports day, and because my nanny tries to hide the burnt hairs in her bed sheets, and because it took them two years to process your visit visa, and because our mother's dead now, you are not my sister. Finally, Patriarchy, if you are in the house, this poem is for you. It is for all the people who ask me, why do you always have to write about women? And this poem is for you. Anti-Manifesto. Stop writing about women. Stop writing about breasts. And motherhood stop writing about rage and trauma and decades of migrations stop telling the story of how your ancestors barricaded their bodies with glass stop writing about girls who marry at dawn and are raped by midday stop finding dimensions To silence. Stop writing about the ritual of prayer. The endlessness of hollow chants. I'm tired of your daily rants. I'm tired of this bare-chested verse. This poem stripped even of its line. Just write some love. So I can reminisce. So I wrote him blank verse. I gave him a lake for a child. I poured him a sea on a shallow bank. I canceled out darkness so eyes had nothing to fear. I extinguished his mother even. Then he found he himself was unformed, not human anymore, nor animate not even a word
0: thank you and key to sex say everybody you won't see me again now till after the interval keep it short so we can do more in the second half put your hands together for a guilty feminist absolute favourite and Leicester legend it's the incredible
6: Lovely to be here. There I am, you can see me now. Give me a shout if you've ever been dumped. Oh yeah, Solidarity, me too. This is a song about being dumped. Around about this time in my life when I was dumped I was watching a lot of Frozen. I can't say for sure but that might influence the song. I'm going to sing a little bit. It's called Princess Elsa Blues, I guess. <laughs> Last night in the pub I realised I was being tolerated, not enjoyed I saw it there reflected in friends' eyes i would become the kind of person I avoid Well I woke up feeling rough and wondering when My needle got stuck on a groove called you and as I reached for Elka Seltzer, the wisdom of Elsa came to me, and now I know what I must do. Because uh, living without you, I've gotten pretty good. Just need to stop talking about you, like my friends all wish I would. And I don't understand what happened, but I guess I'll never know. I don't need to go to a palace made of snow, I just need to let it go. epiphanies can come from anywhere from the sunrise all the verses of Shakespeare but it wasn't Sylvia Plath or Nietzsche that turned out to be my teacher it was Disney had the words I had to hear because it. living with pretty good just need to stop talking about you like my friends all wish I would and I don't understand what happened but I guess I'll never know I don't need to go to a palace made of snow I just need to let it go let it go can't hold it back anymore let it go let it go turn away and slam the door and all those times I just wouldn't be told Well now I'm And all the times, all the times you were cold Never bothered me anyway Because of living without you Pretty good, just need to stop talking about you Like my friends all wish I would And I don't understand what happened But I guess I'll never know I don't need to go to a palace made of snow I just need to let it go I just need to let it go I just need to let it go You're gonna do one more song and then you are released for an interval. It seems only right to do this song because this song was kind of born on The Guilty Feminist. It's called Black Tie. That's very nice. I don't know if you're fans of the song or just of formal wear in general. I don't know, but. Uh, I'd love it if you wanted to sing along. There's a line I'd love you to sing along with. It happens in the chorus. It's a rhyme where I'm gonna sing the images that fuck you were a patriarchal structure. And I'd love it if you would reply, were a patriarchal structure, a bit like that. Just absolutely amazing. I love it. Let me just hear it. And the image is the that Future. That's the we Big baby. Well, it's a jungle out there. The year 2018, I didn't think we'd still be sorting babies into blue. I wonder what it means when the only girl's close that work for me turn out to be boyfriend jeans. Well, that's fine, because I decline a narrow set of rules that just don't work. Yours. And it's a bloody nightmare trying to fight the spread of bigotry and fear. Thus, uniting fears, Morgan, into maker, and all our progress. Yeah, I wonder who it's for when I dare to I that trans lives matter, and all I got was a turf Well, that's fine. I decline Your narrow set of rules They just don't work
0: So that was the first half. Join us for part two, which should be in your feed right now.